Ever since the 16th century, when the church was canonizing a saint, a person would be appointed to be the skeptic, or argue against the potential saint. This person was known as the Devil's Advocate. Today I will play the part of the Devil's Advocate. I'm Nick Bortensky. This is Kyle Hyman here with Nick Bortensky for Devil's Advocate. You ready for this, Nick? Never ready. Okay, well here's my thoughts. And you are, are free to argue against them. Or, or you can join me. We do not all pray the same way. We don't all grow in our faith in the same way. Now, there might be similarities, and what works for you may work for me, but not necessarily. And so, here's the thing. I think we would all agree that there's different ways to pray, but what some people might falsely believe is that what is the best way for me to pray is also the best way for you to pray. Or another example of growing in our faith, somebody might have a great experience doing something or reading a book, going on a retreat, going on a pilgrimage, and assume that somebody else will have that same experience, have the same clarity in their faith uh, awareness or realization of the truth that I had. And so, you encourage somebody else to go do something, to, to read something, and then they don't have that same clarity. They don't, they don't have that enthusiasm that, that you had. And one of the dangers that could happen from it is almost an increased amount of doubt. And so, if you're saying, this is the best thing ever, and then I don't experience anything, they're like, well, then you're just crazy because this didn't happen for me. And so, then God doesn't exist. Right. So, I think we have to be aware that everybody's different. Everybody's created differently. God did that on purpose, and we are all different parts of the body of Christ. We have different skills, but we also have different ways that God is drawing us toward Him. We have different ways that we can pray. And one thing that I think it was Matt Fred said was, one must not demand conformity where the church allows for diversity. And I think we see this sometimes that people say like, you have to pray the rosary because it's the best form of prayer. Or you have to go to adoration because that is Jesus present in the Eucharist. Both of those things are good things. I'm not putting either of them down, but we have to realize that God can work through different forms of prayers for different people. And what one person finds to be a great source of inspiration might not be so for another. Yeah, and it's kind of just like if you think about uh, when people are talking about music in the mass as well. Some right. people like, right. you know, a little more traditional Gregorian chant or stuff like that. And then there's the people who love the more praise and worship style. And that's just the different way that they uh, connect in mass. Or and, traditional Latin mass. Yeah, yeah, and things like that. So, like, you see that across the board. But I think the issue with it is people don't always listen with an open heart. Hmm. So, if I'm suggesting, hey, you should really try out this praise and worship session that is going on at Mass with, you know, Eucharistic adoration and so forth, and they're like, no, that just doesn't do it for me. Well, have you tried it? Right, right. And that's, I think, that's what I think everyone should be open to is always trying different forms of prayer. You might not think it's what's going to work for you, or you might not think that's how it's going to grow you closer to Christ, but how do you know? Right. Right. So, I always think that people should be open to it at least. Now, obviously, there's people who have already tried it and realized, yep, that's not for me. So, But you want to at least try it, I think, once. I think even more than once because exactly. as we grow in our faith, we're in different places in our life, uh, you know, different circumstances. We might have something that works 
later in life that didn't really yeah. hit home with us earlier or, or later in our faith journey. And I, I agree with you. We do need to try different things and do that with the intention of what's going to be the best way that I can connect with God. And also, if you go back to the different experiences, honestly, it can be the people that you're with that can also change the experience. Mm-hmm. Like when you're going to praise and worship, I'll just kind of keep using that one. You have the people who are kind of throwing their hands up in the air, praising the Lord. Right. And some people, they're just, they don't feel that way. So they almost feel like an outsider mm-hmm. in it. And so it depends on who you're going with. If you're going with people who are worshiping the same way you are, you kind of feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, and then also like when it comes to confession, there's some priests that people don't particularly like going to confession with them, either just because of the approach or things like that. So it different can also- personalities. Exactly, different personalities and all of it. So that can also be a huge effect on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just to give a, a personal example, I know a lot of people really like the rosary. Mm-hmm. And I have tried praying the rosary many times throughout my life. I mean, we used to do a thing during recess at Catholic school. Instead of going out for recess, you could go and pray the rosary in the church. And if you did it, we, there was an incentives. A teacher would like, you get holy cards and then uh, medals, if, depending on how many times you went. If you like, you went every day for the week, which now they're saying, no, kids need their exercise. Yeah. <laughs> Prayer is good, but you also need to get out there and burn off some of that energy. But I've never really felt like it was a prayerful experience for me. To me, it's always been a sacrifice. It's something that I offer up. I'm offering mm-hmm. that time to God. But I never, at the end of it, like, wow, I have this great clarity, this great revelation, or I feel closer to God or closer to Mary even. To me, it's just, I, my brain just doesn't connect yeah. that form of prayer with growing in a relationship with God, which is supposed to. I have no doubt that it's doing good things for me. I firmly believe that time spent in any form of prayer, even if I don't feel like I'm getting something out of it, that I do get something out of it and that it, that it's never wasted. But I do think there's other things that are more fulfilling for me mm-hmm. that really help me grow in my relationship with God. And sometimes that's, you know, listening to different talks. Sometimes it's time in silence. Uh, but to really, like you said, try those things out and feel like it. But for somebody else to say, like, you should pray the rosary every day. I don't believe that that's the best way that I can be spending my prayer time on a regular basis. I do think it's something that I should continue to do every now and then. I just prayed the rosary two days ago on my way up to work. And I just, that time in the car, I was going to pray the rosary. And it was just so much daydreaming and distraction and things. I, I don't really feel like this is really good prayer. But yeah, because it's it's kind of almost like just a routine prayer almost uh, because you're just, it's very repetitive. Yeah. So you easily can kind of start to drift. Uh, and I think that's why they kind of added the physical aspect with the rosary beads as well, which kind of like help you yeah. stay on track. To me, it's the opposite. I was telling my wife, because she wanted us to like pray a decade for each other. And she mm-hmm. bought a little rosary, a little decade rosary for us. Now that we don't have like two dozen of these at home, but... <laughs> We're supposed to pray for the other person, then give it back, and then pray for the mm-hmm. other person, give it back. And so uh, I was telling her that you know, I just feel like there's the counting, there's the prayer, there's the mystery of the rosary, and there's just so many things for me to think about. It's just super ADD distracting for me to try to f- focus on anything, and it ends up just being like this 
yeah. mishmash of And I think that's why I kind of like noise. Liturgy of the Hours, because you're kind of just reading through it and reflecting upon it as you go through. And it's kind of nice and ordered out for you. you you're just doing what it's telling you to do. And you just kind of go go through it. But like it, it gives you that daily reflection as well. And you know, if you do it three, four times a day with, with the hours, it's a good way to keep Christ with you throughout the day. See, that's another example because my reading comprehension, I did very well in school. I did uh-huh. very well in testing. Reading comprehension was always the worst for me. Like I would read the story, read the questions, have no clue what any of the questions like what what that was. So then I tried reading the questions first and then reading the story. And I just couldn't remember. Like it's it's horrible for me. So I can do the liturgy of the hours again, offering that time to God. But at the end, I'm like, what was I what was any of this about? Yeah. I have no clue. My I just doesn't click with me. Yeah. See, it's it as we said, it's different for each and every one of us. And yeah. so I mean, I do think it's nice though to have some form of daily devotion to Mary and the rosary is a great mm. way for that. Now I know we kind of almost a little bit disagree on that. Well, funny. I was looking in the catechism Ooh, earlier. Bringing up the catechism already in the conversation. Well, the catechism has a section on prayer, and then they talk about different ways of praying, and they talk about Mary specifically. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of different sections in the catechism, they have an in brief, and it's just like a little summary. Mm-hmm. So that section has three paragraphs in the in brief. And I, I thought it really kind of summarized some thoughts on prayer. Prayer is primarily addressed to the Father. It can also be directed towards Jesus, particularly by the invocation of his holy name, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on us sinners. That's paragraph 2680. Okay. Next one, 2681 says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The church invites us to invoke the Holy Spirit as the interior teacher of Christian prayer. So we've got Jesus Christ, the Mm -hmm. Son, we have the Holy Spirit. Then the next paragraph, 2682 says, because of Mary's singular cooperation with the action of the Holy Spirit, the church loves to pray in communion with the Virgin Mary to magnify with her the great things the Lord has done for her and to entrust supplications and praises to her. So she's one of the three paragraphs in that in brief. And I don't want to minimize a devotion to Mary or the importance of Mary in salvation history. And the reason Jesus was even born in the first place was because of her. Yes, I agree with all of this. But to see her as two things, one, an example mm-hmm. and an intercessor. Yeah. Those are both good things, but I wouldn't say that those are necessary for salvation to have an intercessor and an example in Mary. Those are both advantageous and are a gift that we have, especially as Catholics, recognizing those two things in her. But I wouldn't say that that's necessary for our salvation to both see her as that example, and to ask for intercession. Correct. I mean, you need Jesus Christ yeah. in your life. I mean, that is that is that is our salvation is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And you can't argue that. You're never going to be able to argue that. Right. But I do think it can be very helpful for us to continue to grow in a relationship with him through Mary. Mm-hmm. And... You know, helpful, w- yes. Very, very helpful. I, I agree with helpful. <laughs> Necessary is <laughs> Necessary what I'm arguing. Necessary is what you're arguing. But I do think it would be helpful slash necessary in this world. (laughs) Okay. But I do think it would be necessary for Catholics, especially young Catholics with the way this world is going, to have that 
mother in heaven that they have that relationship with and that they have that devotion to. Because the family in this world is really starting to fall apart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the secular world is doing everything can to kind of change the way we see families. And I think it'd be very necessary for us to have that family aspect in our faith life as well, where we have God the Father and Mary our mother. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many children out there who have just a mother, just a father, or them split up and so they can find exactly and they can find comfort in the holy family sure and seeing that example of what a family could be and should be i mean i heard a story the other day of basically a family who parents were split up kids were always going back and forth never in the same place and they they had five kids none of those five kids got married because they saw how terrible a family could be sure sure and so i think it is very necessary for us to have that relationship and to see that example in the Holy Family. Now, necessary for salvation? I can't say that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, thank you, Nick, for joining us for another Devil's Advocate. Are we on the same page then? I think we'll have to agree to disagree on this one, Kyle.